Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 229, covering Field of Fire and Chimera with Nathan Lajeunesse. Hi friends, friend Nate is here. Hello, it's me. Yes, it's you, friend Nate. <laughs> and you, you, I, I remind you of this. I remind you that you're a friend because the fact that I gave you the episode that I gave you would seem to imply otherwise. Yeah. And, friends, we are still friends, right? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> friends don't give friends field of fire. Look, look. Nate said, I don't know these episodes by title. I trust you to pick. And I said, okay, this sounds like a Klingon episode. Nate likes Klingons. Field of fire. And there's there's one Klingon in it, and it's Worf, and he's barely in it. Yeah. He's, high, <laughs> he, he's literally skulking in the episode. He doesn't want anyone to know he's in it. We're not even it's entirely true. sure if his appearance is a dream. Yep. Is how fleeting Worf's appearance yep. is. And yet, I'm still satisfied. <laughs> no. By the Worf part, not by the rest of it. No, the rest of it was boring. In fact, I had to, like, leave and come back to it a couple times, because it was mm-hmm. <laughs> so dull. Just, just draining the interest I, from my body i was particularly busy this week and had to do that thing where i watched the episodes about two hours before we recorded so i've seen this episode twice now in about three hour span and uh what a joy oh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, i never have, have to see been... it again yeah <laughs> who wants to hear about it um no one but you should probably tell us guess what anyway. that's too bad <laughs> i don't want to hear about it but i do want to hear you talk about it oh, oh okay well you huh. could make it interesting have so. i got a deal for you Let's let's hear it. We're introduced we... to a hero of the ages, a promising young buck, a champion ship driver in the making, a shining star among the dull masses, surely to be one of history's greatest murder victims. <laughs> Such promise snuffed whoosh, in the blink of an eye. We must have justice for... What was his name? I'll call him Chad. Check out Chad and his old academy buddies. Don't they look so happy in this photo here? Esri feels personally invested in the issue because she was a murderer way back in the old days, and who doesn't want to invite their old murdery self out to talk out loud to themselves in front of other people? You know, this reminds me of Sense8, which you should watch on Netflix. It's got positive queer representation and really cool multi- multiculturalism. In fact, let's, in fact, let's watch that instead. So... Esri is now trying to solve the murders. Oh, there's two now. You weren't looking and you missed it. Science officer Chad, too, died. Look at this photo in her room and nothing else. Just this photo. It's interesting. <laughs> so Esri Trill chants her old host with the most up from the depths of her gut snail and he condescendingly tries to convince her to kill people. Because you know the old saying, to catch a killer, you have to be a killer. Kill that guy. You know you want to, but she doesn't. O'Brien and Bashir figure out that the killer is killing by transporting a moving bullet into his victims from afar. So practical. He doesn't even have to leave his house. And he can just kill anyone indiscriminately. That's, that's like, somebody should, like, take a look at that. That doesn't seem right. (laughs) Some other person dies and also has a photo of laughing people. Laughing people in their room. A photo. Esri puts three and three together and realizes that the killer hates laughing. And photos. And photos of laughing. 
You know who else hates laughter? Vulcans! Wait, no, they don't hate laughter. Except, yes, yeah, it must be a Vulcan, that makes sense. Who's writing the script? So it's totally not a Vulcan, but let's check them all out anyhow. Okay, maybe it wasn't a Vulcan unless it's this one right here in the turbo lift with Ezri and her imaginary friend. Quick, get him! Wait, no. We have to make sure that he's trying to murder us first. Okay, he did. Good, shoot him. And then she does. So she walks down to his place while he's writhing on the floor bleeding. Don't, like, alert medical or security or anything. Eventually they do. And then Ezri banishes Joran, Jorel, who is he again? Back to the demon space. And he's like, I'm a part of you or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know, it occurred to me as I was watching this episode, as I've seen this story about 10,000 times, <laughs> to catch a killer, really, you should think like a cop. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a killer. No. Uh, that would be so much less interesting, though. I feel would like... It? I feel like if you if you if you have to if you think like a killer, you're just gonna get arrested. Yeah, then yeah. you're gonna have to kill someone, and then the chain keeps going because then someone else is gonna have to think like a killer yeah. to catch you. Yes, and then they're gonna kill someone. Somebody, yeah. then they're gonna kill someone. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good. You know what? No. We're gonna need like three more episodes exactly like this in order to catch the real killer. Yep. Oh, we've already had like we've. This is the third appearance of Duran. <laughs> we didn't like him the first time. No, this is the third appearance of Duran, and none of them have been good. No, we had an episode just like this where Jedzia had to deal with this, like, repressed memory of this mm -hmm. guy. And it got and dealt then... with, so we had yes, to go and yeah. revisit it. Well, now we have a new host, so she's got to go through the process all over again. Oh, and my God. Can yeah. we, t like, I hate this buildup of Duran as, like, the evil Hannibal Lecter. And I say that because they are constantly making you think of Hannibal Lecter when he shows up. Oh, yeah, he's doing the creepy sort of pseudo-seductive killer thing, mm -hmm. whispering in a cute girl's ear. Yeah. It's very much the same. Yeah, but like, in this one, it's they, not they... like a creepy killer. It's more like a creepy stalker. Yeah. Who is well, also that's... her imaginary friend. The the TV has to water that stuff down. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, like, you all the standard tropes of killers in movies, you have to, like, water down so they're TV safe. So that makes them even stupider. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. but like, Duran is not a serial killer. Duran is a musician who was afraid of getting found out. Is that what happened? I really don't. Remember. I went back and looked. He was, yeah, he was a musician who like got his trill accidentally and killed people so that they wouldn't take it away from him. Ah, he's well, not then, <laughs> the devil. Right. <laughs> But then in his second appearance, they represented him more like this because he took control of Cisco in that stupid trill ritual. Yeah, it was really fucking dumb. It was. And now there's this. <laughs> and let's, Actually, let's... now that you mention it, the whole like the whole fake out of that episode was that everyone was like like that episode seemed like it was going to be about Cisco getting possessed by the evil Duran who would then go on a killing spree, which is pretty much exactly what like the what exact same thing was. here. Yeah. Yeah. Except in that one, then they said, nope, just kidding. And then it was about Curzon and it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But fucking... that bit of that episode was totally threatening to be this. Fucking, ugh. Yeah. But let, let's talk about, uh, Nate, you called this out. The Trill, really, like, we're almost done with this series. So we're probably done with the Trill. Yep. They're, let, let's, like, sort of look back at what they've represented them as. They're really not very good, are they? No, no. Like, as a species in Star Trek, they're like super underdeveloped and and like 
what is the point? I don't know. Which, given given that we've explored the backgrounds of Vulcans through the original series and mm. Klingons through Worf and Ferengi through Quark, you'd think by now, through Jedzia and Ezri, we'd have a pretty good idea of who these guys are. Yeah. And they're just, we really just, don't. It's just, oh. it's a weird... It's a weird cluster of random facts. No, know? and every time we're introduced to some new element, we spend considerable amount of time on this show saying, well, that doesn't really make sense. Not really, no. Well, like and the gravy lamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, like where the, the shit did lamp. that come from? And then chanting to, like, bring back the memory of your former self in, like, a yeah. corporeal form, but only you oh, can and of see course, it, and that doesn't make any sense. As embodied by looking in a mirror and seeing your reflection replaced by them. Yeah. And you saying, get it? like, ooga booga, oh, okie dokie, boo boo, uh, trill, mm, Duran, baba doo doo. It's, they, nobody no. paid any attention to what the trill language was supposed to be, and you can tell. Yeah, no, and the thing is, I've said before, I think uh, Nicole DeBoer is actually pretty good, but mm-hmm. in this, she's not. No. She's, first, she has to speak in another alien language, and it does sound like she's just reading a bunch of nonsense syllables in her normal accent. Yeah. Hargle, bargle, Jaran, trill. In her normal Canadian accent. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, on top of that, Jaran, gotta... trill, sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't even know except that she made appearances in Kids in the Hall, and so now in my head she's just Toronto. She just that's that's, <laughs> that's where she's she from. That's what she mirror. is. <laughs> that's probably one of the syllables she said. Yes, Toronto. Sorry, Toronto. Es- Joran, Esri, Joran, Joran, Esri, Quebec, Poutine. Yes, Took. But she, she really just. It doesn't carry any of the emotions in this episode, I don't think. Yeah. Mm. And I thought she carried the, uh, like, threatened by the overbearing mother stuff really well. Mm-hmm. I thought early on in her arc she carried the, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with all these memories in my head really well. Like, this is mm-hmm. the first time I've really seen her trip. Yeah. And, and I think she did it pretty badly. And, like, here's the other thing. Like, I know that she's the new hotness on the show. And mm-hmm. also that we're winding down, but there have been a lot of episodes of this last season devoted well, and this to Ezri. Basically, my bad thing. Mm-hmm. My bad thing is I didn't like this story the last two times they did it. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but there's been an awful lot of Ezri already. Yeah, like this is the third episode about her in what is this episode twelve or fourteen, something yep. like that. Like we're we're halfway through now. Yeah, and we're only two episodes away from the uh, the finale. Yeah, the big nine episode finale. Yeah, <laughs> like like like. You know, we're running out of time. We should probably be using some of these, some of these non-last episode episodes to, you know, yeah, go into our guys down. one more time. Yeah, well, we haven't spent any time with Odo, which thankfully we will next episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. but up to this point, we haven't at all. Yeah, uh, Cisco, except for his like season beginning thing, nothing. No, mm-hmm. like very little Cisco. Not much O'Brien, despite the fact that he was in that thing last week. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all our main guys are just barely in it. Yeah. Also, and if like you were Ezri. trying to, like, make people care about Ezri, then why would you spend an entire episode, like, talking about how she's not really good at dealing with some other thing? Like, there's no there's no point to this episode. Yeah. Like, you didn't learn anything about her. You just... Well, the, the, what they're trying to do, and failing, but trying to do, is have her overcome... Like, the arc is supposed to be facing the darkness inside her... And not giving in and killing someone and dealing with it. But yeah, but that's it's not, not really, really the out. darkness inside her. It's a darkness that has been inside Dax forever. Like we already know yep. that it's yeah, already I been know. dealt with. Why? Why would we be going into that aspect of it again? And, yeah, I'm going to say my with... bad thing now. 
Okay. It's that I don't know what this episode was trying to accomplish, but if its goal was compelling murder mystery, it mystery the mark. And if it was oh. trying to be... <laughs> If it was supposed to be a dark look into the si- inside the mind of a killer while well, it mysteried the mark again. <laughs> if it was supposed to show the dangers of having a Vulcan on the station, well, it kind of did that, I guess. But like, but there's 70 Vulcans on the station. 48? And we never see any of them, by the way. They only had to rule out 47. There are like... <laughs> like, the big reveal is that it's a Vulcan, and like, there have been maybe three Vulcans on, on uh, DS9 since it started. Well, apart from that episode where there was a whole ship full of Vulcans recently. Yeah, that was all of them. <laughs> okay. That was like all the Vulcans. Mm-hmm. And that's no, no, my good were... thing, is that I like a good, solid Vulcan. It's too bad that this one was a bad dude. But my good thing was that I was reminded of Vulcans. <sighs> I don't know that we've had a good, solid Vulcan since Spock and Sarek, though. No. Too much, yeah, no. No. And maybe, I, I remember not hating Tuvok, so we'll see about that. But, I think like... he's a good Vulcan. It felt to me like with Star Trek, the thought was always, well, we've already had the best Vulcan. Right. Like, <laughs> Why bother? Mm, yeah, exactly. This is an interesting species that everybody knows and loves. Let's uh, not develop another different one. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I seem to recall when Voyager was just coming out, one of the talking points was, this will be the first Trek sh- series we've had with a Vulcan in it since the first one. Yeah. Hmm. And I know the original idea for Tuvok was supposed to be that he was quite old, and it turned out they liked Tim mm. Russ, so they went with him. But it was supposed to yep. be this like two hundred year old Vulcan. Well, he could have been anyway. Don't they like have a long lifespan? No. he was an old yeah, guy. But, but he was he was supposed to be old for a Vulcan. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And he was a bit old, but he wasn't like you know yeah. gray haired like old, old. Spock only started getting real leathery when he got to like what three hundred and seventy five now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now he was in his like mid hundreds when we saw him in Next Gen. Yeah, and Sarek was like two hundred. Hmm. So that's what two hundred looks like. Mm. But anyway. No, they, these they, we don't see them much, and it's really not doing them any any favors to say they hate emotion and they kill people. No, mm-hmm. no, no. We, we know emotion. that they don't. We know that. Yeah, we no. know that. It's stupid. that's well established. that, like yeah, that's no, what I thought it was emotions. initially. I thought it was a psych out. It was like, well, who hates laughter? Vulcans. <laughs> no, silly. It they can't don't. be that stupid. It's got to yeah. be something that's better than that. No, nope, that's it. No, I hate- I will give them credit for the killer wasn't actually like Joran as Esri. Yeah. I thought that that's where they were going from the beginning of yeah. the episode. That seemed like, like the most obvious why? choice. Yeah, Ugh. but that's that's every '90s like let's catch a serial killer thing. Mm-hmm. Except if that was the case, then Esri should probably go to a mental institution and only get to visit when Julian's friends come by. <laughs> oh, hey, sex couch and the rest. How are you? <laughs> sex couch and the gang are here. Sex couch and her amazing friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, Esri's on the promenade talking to nobody mm-hmm. about looking for a killer. She should yep. already be institutionalized. Like, yeah. This was my one of my big notes for this episode was like, listen, if there's a killer on the loose, maybe what you shouldn't do is stand around in a crowded street muttering to someone no one can see, I'm not the killer, you're the killer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Also, if there's a killer about? on the loose, maybe the head of security should be trying to track him down mm-hmm. and not the junior counselor. Well, he tried, but then the writers decided to go a different direction. Yeah, uh-huh. the the episode was originally like conceived as an Odo episode, and they're like, wait, we did this already. Yeah. That should be your sign to do something else. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Let's just change it to Esri, because we just did an episode about her three weeks ago. People might forget who she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll do it about the trail having the past murderer uh... in the head. Wait, we did that one already. Well, we can't and... change our minds again. 
<laughs> well, we haven't. Yeah, look, twice is it. Yeah, we haven't well, shown no, the gravy right lamp yet. So I like the gravy lamp. Yeah, Ugh. the gravy lamp is pretty great. <laughs> Matt thought it was some kind of ritualistic bean dip. Yep, it could be both. Yeah, okay, <laughs> bean dip made with gravy. Yeah, that would make sense too, because later on, uh, the the evil Vulcan brings the guac. I bet uh, <laughs> that was green blood, Matt. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, I bet there's some KFC Taco Bell somewhere that serves uh, bean dip gravy, though. Yeah. Ew. Just mix them up. Mm-hmm. No. They're both brown. Just mix them all. Oh, up. God. Yeah. No. Uh, so what was your good thing, Nate? <laughs> I said it. It was the Vulcans. Oh. Just the fact that Vulcans exist? The Vulcans yeah. exist. That's that's pretty flimsy. What? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? That sounds like kind of a cop-out. <laughs> what? No. Look, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say that, but you did, so. Uh, if you look, excuse me, I'm just going to go over here away from this. Hey, Goodbye. Matt, what's your good thing? Excellent question, Nate. <laughs> uh, I actually like the piano music in Ezri's Scary Dream. It's the only good thing about Ezri's Scary Dream, and it's suitably creepy. It does a decent job. I thought it was the most generic 90s scary piano, like... But you like the 90s. I do like the 90s. I would also put as my good thing uh, Ezri's giant giant laser gun and uh, eye thing. (laughs) What did you say? It looked like she put a pog in her eye? Yes. (laughs) You know, like we used to when we were kids. Yeah. I'm a pirate. Uh (laughs) The only thing she was missing was some pouches around her leg and she could have been Cable. Yeah, she had a giant gun that was way too big for her tiny frame. Yep. That was adorable, though. It really was. I loved it. It kind of was. But it was very 90s. Yeah. Because everyone was carrying guns that were too big for them, even if they were big. <laughs> I watched... And then, and then like, a neon... What did you, you... Nate, you had a good description for it as well. Oh, the neon remember. dongle? The neon dongle. Yeah, yeah. her hot green dongle. <laughs> I do... God, I hated the 90s. Just every bit of it. <laughs> From from January 1st, 1990 to December 31st, 1999, just garbage. Just want to forget it all. Throw it all away. Listen, Al, only 90s kids will remember what it was like to put a pog in your eye and shoot a Vulcan from another room. Well, you were listening to the post-atomic buzzfeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, if that were the case, you would have to download a different podcast for each, like, 10 minutes of the show. Yep. <laughs> and have to... ads at the beginning and end in the middle of every single piece. Yep. Yep. Well, last time you were here, we were advertising for both the Fleshlight and Squarespace. Ah, so, uh... <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. My good thing, I actually thought the, the actual visual effect of showing how that privacy-invading gun sight worked was pretty good. Yeah, it was neat. Like, like they, they did a really quick sort of whip pan, like, like everything moved really quick, and suddenly you saw through the wall. And then, so, like, it was, it was done very effectively. Yeah. The, the episode was directed by Tony Dow, who played Wally on Leave it to Beaver. Ah, Wally. Wally. Yes. Well, but we've had we've had um, the kid from Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, Potsy, uh-huh. and <laughs> like um, Wally. And I feel like there's another one that I'm not thinking of. Yeah, but, Ralph like, Mouth. No, we talked about Ralph Mouth, but I don't think he ever actually directed the episode. You know, Ralph Mouth. Yes, that's his name <laughs> of the family Mouth <laughs> of the House Mouth. No, I just, you bring I, dishonor to the House of Mouth. I think most of the directing in this was really terrible. Yep. In fact, there was some actual, there was some whip pans that. Oh Nate God, that out. was rough. That was so bad. Toward the toward the end, where they were putting together the puzzle of pictures of people smiling, <laughs> which wasn't just a funny joke Nate came up with for the summary. That's actually what it was. <laughs> Literally, what happened? Look, like sometimes we make 
you know, jokes in our summaries, mm-hmm. but nope, that's the real plot. Which that's was a joke in itself. Yep. Every single one of these people has a photograph in their room of someone laughing. So that means this guy must have gone to their quarters and seen their photos to then want to kill them? Like, well, okay, that's a... what they said, were, uh, what they, like, intimated was happening was that he was just sitting in his room looking for people to shoot. And mm-hmm. then when he saw something that made him jealous of other people's happiness, he would kill them. Oh, because he was war torn, his last ship uh-huh. got killed, and they were yeah. There's like a thousand people, people on the ship, and yeah, he was yeah. And yeah. instead of like getting therapy or something, he is sitting or around f- looking for people to shoot calmly. Yep, of or falling logic. back on his training as a Vulcan, which is to uh, like deal with your emotions and keep them in control. Mm-hmm. That's another way he could have dealt with it. Yep. Well, the reason that he was killing them was because logic dictated it. That was the line or something? That is, uh-huh. That's his line, but so God, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. No, if you're a writer and you're stuck and you have a Vulcan and you need to give them, like, motive, you just say, uh, because logic. Logic, logic did it. Yeah, fuck he you. He thinks logic. No, yeah. doesn't make sense. No. But anyway, <laughs> when when... She looks at the first quarters and she's like, wait a minute. And then we get this like, it's like that effect in a sitcom where you're like going past stuff really quick and you're in the next place. Doodly, doodly, doodly. And then, wait, this picture's smiling too. Doodly, doodly, doodly. And so is this one. Like, yeah. oh, it was terrible. <laughs> <sighs> smiling photos. That's some Batman 66 shit there. Yeah, and True. that was meant to be campy. That was meant to, like, it, literally in 1966, that was meant to say, this is a bit of a heavy-handed cliche that's used everywhere. Let's mm-hmm. make fun of it. And here it is 30 years after that, and they're still doing it for serious. That's it. <laughs> laughing. They're all laughing. That that almost feels like Adam West holy, Batman solving a Riddler yeah. riddle. Holy, you know, holy whoopee cushions, Batman. You're right. They're laughing. It's so true. You could yeah. have just put the script into Batman. It would yep. have worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it would have been way better. Yeah. Oh, imagine if Duran was played by uh, Frank Gorshin doing uh, that, like, Riddler, oh. like, coiled spring jumping up and down thing. Now we're talking. It's like, yeah. oh, you're getting it. You're getting it. What it's like to be a real killer. Give in. Go on. Kill him. You're so <laughs> close. <laughs> Just pull yep. the trigger. Ah, uh, I love that guy. Oh, uh, yep. I'm so glad we fixed this episode by making mm-hmm. it Batman. <laughs> I find that works with many things. And then, oh. and then Ezri could be Batgirl. Yeah. Aww. Oh. Oh. Yep. Mm. Yeah. See, I knew that. I knew what effect that would have on Matt. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, now I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, you don't. Keep your uh, keep your magic gravy in your pan. <laughs> I was gonna say, keep your gravy in your lamp. Yep. That's, <laughs> I was. I couldn't remember the other word. Gravy. <laughs> gravy. What? Gravy boat? No shit. I got lamp. your back. That's, thank you. That. <laughs> well, don't say um, gravy shit. <laughs> I mean, look, we've all had that day, but uh... oh, oh, Matt! <laughs> After we went to the KFC Taco Bell. <laughs> for the guac and lamp. <laughs> um, yeah. What else? Oh, where to uh, go the, from the there? Bullion, the bullion that was killed had a wife and co-husband. That was pretty cool. Yep. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't even necessarily think that's a look. There's gay people on Star Trek because, no, they're still not. But but I do think that that's like I want to know more about their culture. What does that do? What does yeah. that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, I'm not taking that to give them points for, for representation because they're no. still bad at it. Because, <laughs> I mean, that, I, that, that, that's the thing. They wouldn't have like a co-husband for, you know, a human. No. 
No, but I am I am genuinely interested whenever an alien culture does something weird. Or at least not mm-hmm. like we do. Like, whoa, what is what is that about? What is that like hmm, mm-hmm. how does that work? Like the uh the, the crewman that uh reproduces by budding. Yeah. I wonder oh, about yeah. that too. What's going on with that? That guy's great. Or the guy with the, the transparent babies. head. Captain Baudet. Dragon babies. Yeah. Their wings get Dragon all tangled. Dragon babies? Yeah, the budding uh, one, okay. I think. His uh, baby's uh, wings get tangled. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. All right. I tried to look I... through my notes for something interesting. <laughs> There's nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's nothing. Nope. This episode just sucks. I do like, initially they introduced the idea of a gun. Of a projectile weapon follow, fired by a chemical, blah blah blah, and they all just like, what, what? That's like stupid. I like how absurd. <laughs> yeah, I like how absurd the idea of a gun is at this point. You know what like... I thought was going to happen when they introduced that? I thought it was mm. going to be a broken hologram thing. Yeah, that could be. Like somebody was seen... playing in the past, and then the, and somehow they somehow were the shooting... hollow suite let them take a gun out of it or whatever. Yeah, or they were yeah. shooting in the hollow suite, but it was like hitting people outside of the hollow suite because of a glitch. Mm. That would only make sense if it went through the walls and got them in their quarters, though. Apparently. Yeah. No, you can just beam a gun, a bullet, to... uh... Yeah, well, if you were shooting that gun in the hollow suite, you could still be shooting people outside of it because you were beaming the bullet into them. That makes sense. I hate it when Star Trek invents a new technology for a murder mystery just to say... Look, here's a thing you never thought of because we never told you about it before. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Matt, you actually did like the idea of the of the, the magic bullet, though, I guess. Yeah, I like the uh, That's that uh, thing we always talk about, about uh, applying Star Trek technology to stuff to uh, do other stuff. Like having yeah, a having a gun that beams a bullet like that. That makes that's a, that's a Star Trek thing that makes sense. And it's kind of like Portal. Because, like, when you beam it, it's still got the velocity mm-hmm. from, from yeah, exactly. what it was. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't. Ma- what doesn't make sense to me is that they can't... Tra- like, a transporter leaves a trace. Yeah. yeah they no. should be able to trace, like, oh, they beamed a bullet and then catch the guy. And yeah, they address no, that in the episode. They're like, can't you trace the, the transporter signature or the, the gun bullet? Nope. O'Brien just shrugs. Yeah, you know, he's just like, nope. No, because that'd make the episode, then we'd solve the crime, so. (laughs) And see, that's what I mean. I don't like it when Star Trek invents new technology just for the sake of, like, confounding the plot. Mm -hmm. What what I thought would have been cool is if maybe five episodes ago they would have said the Jem'Hadar had this technology. Yeah. Because they got some nasty weapons that are just fucked up. Well, and they've also got serious transporters. Now you're talking about someone who could shoot you from, you know, another planet. Yeah, Yeah, go to to Empachnor and shoot you from there. Yeah. Or whatever. (laughs) Which. Yeah, that would be cool. That's a cool concept. Or. Get your invading fleet close enough so that they're within transporter range and shoot you that way. Yeah. And, th- like, the ships don't even matter. They're just there to get in range. Mm-hmm. But they're actually shooting people on the station. No, that would be cool. The concept then, of, a, of a transporter gun, like... That's that's an interesting idea. And then what I'm saying is, then this guy could have then stolen one of those Jem'Hadar rifles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where it came from. And that would have been at least a little more... Mm-hmm. Compelling. I mean, we could yeah. easily <laughs> have, like, we found a Jem'Hadar rifle, we're researching it, because that's what we do. Yeah, and it could have been in the Nog Gets His Leg Shot Off episode. Yeah. Mm. Like he got shot by a magic bullet. Mm. Easy. Fucking call us Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> I know you have. Star Trek from 25 years ago. <laughs> I, know you, I know you've I uh, know you just signed uh, Chris Pine and, uh, uh, fuck. Quinto. Uh, Zachary Quinto for uh, Trek 4, so call us. Oh, did they sign them for 4? Yeah. Yep. Nice. No, I was seeing that uh, Chris Pine got a, a pay bump. 
Oh, yeah? Like, he's getting paid way more than he did for the first two. And also, there's some pictures of Zach Quinto in, in like, uniform and most oh of the makeup God. without the ears. Mm-hmm. And there was stupid speculation that Spock doesn't have the ears anymore, and that what doesn't even make sense. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, they just took pictures of him before he put the ears on, that's all. He had, like, mm-hmm. the hair and the, the other makeup and the uniform. He just didn't have the yeah. ears yet. Like, so what? He's a human yeah. now. Yeah, that's seriously like this article was speculating. Oh my god, get a that hobby. something happened to Spock, like he was in he was in disguise or Ugh. no. <laughs> dumb. Anyway, that's dumb. You're dumb. You know what? Anyway. That's stupid, and everyone is stupid. Uh, this is what happens when you don't give us new Star Trek for five years at a time. People get so desperate that they will speculate <laughs> on any tiny thing. Yup. Or you All know, right. make a podcast. <laughs> what? Yeah, but in fairness, we're going back through and talking about, you know, we're, we're compressing discussions of two hours of material to one hour a week. Yeah. Like, that's that's different than seeing one tiny out-of-context thing and talking about it forever. <laughs> anyway, Nate, do you have a quote for us? I do. It's my favorite part of this episode. What do you think? Nice melon. <laughs> did like that melon I, well it it was just a little a little island of absurdity in a sea of boring that is true mm-hmm. those are usually the best time the best parts of terrible episodes is when they do something weird for a second <laughs> nice i'm really melon. hoping it's a buckaroo bonsai reference <laughs> i don't think that it was <laughs> i think they would have been more overt with it had it been that anyway anything else for you guys heck no, no. Then let's push forward now to what is oh uh, chimera or chimera, yeah. Chimera is really neat. (laughs) Full of meat. Full of meat. Yes, Matt, take it away. All right. So Miles and Odo are returning home after a diplomatic mission to Alderaan when their when their runabout is attacked by a giant space going dick bat. Said dick bat crawls inside the ship and reveals itself to be another changeling, specifically one of the hundred that was sent out to explore the universe, like Odo. His name is Laws, and these are his wonderful jaws. Otto takes Laws back to the station, where he gets mad and yells about changeling rights. Whenever anyone says that maybe as a member of the race that we're at war at, we should be a little careful about trusting about trusting him. Also, Laws is kind of a jerk to Otto's friends. Okay, Julia, Nezri, and Kira, I understand. But O'Brien? There's no one more likable in all of Starfleet. Maybe Jordy. Man, remember Jordy? Mm-hmm. I miss Jordy. <laughs> anyway, tensions mount with Laws, who wants to take Odo and leave the station to explore the galaxy and search for other members of the Hundred, while Odo wants to stay behind, explore Kira's jumpsuit, and search for her boobs. <laughs> Things really go wrong when Laws fogs up the promenade and then goes all T-1000 on a Klingon who is being a jerk. Laws is put behind Boz until he can be <laughs> shipped to the Klingon Empire for trial. But Ki- <laughs> Damn it, Nate. But Kira, who has been worried that Odo is all only staying on DS9 for her, helps him escape, which Odo finds hilarious. Odo and Laws reunite on Odo's Cardassian silhouette planet, but Odo decides to stay on DS9 and finish out the series like a trooper. Later, he comes home and gives Kira a golden shower. <laughs> Let's not cheapen that now. Yeah, that was really cute, and you just it was went a multicolored put a big shower. stink on it. <laughs> no, it was very gold, Al. Well, all right. No, I, I genuinely liked... The, the last bit. Oh, so did I. Mm-hmm, me there's too. A, there's a really nice, because they're talking the whole time about how they can't mate. Like, mm-hmm. the whole thing with Laws and his his humanoid ex-wife a long time ago mm-hmm. was that they couldn't breed and they don't they don't fuck the same. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, and so Odo's trying to think of a way he could be intimate with Kira, and he, he turns into this weird sort of light 
energy i'm not sure what it is but it's yeah. really cool well it's also um commentary on the fact that uh odo it tries his best to be seen as a humanoid and right. and um it br- the episode brings up emotions in him where he he realizes yeah there's a whole part of him that he never shares with anybody and that's the, he's, his changeling part and so when he comes back at the end they kira is like you know, I actually love you, who you are, and if you want to mm-hmm. share that other part of you with me, that would be awesome. I would love yeah, to. Yeah, when yeah. we're intimate, you don't just have to grow humanoid genitals. Like, maybe do what you would do. Yeah, and it's really sweet. Now, what yeah, would you is. do? Well, I would turn into sparkles and blow at you. All right, let's <laughs> try that. Like, that actually feels pretty good. I like this. Woo! This is a good idea. The thing idea. is, he can't, he can't actually link with her because she can't turn liquid. Yeah. But he, he finds a way to sort of immerse her in his form, which sounds gross, but is actually really sweet. <laughs> I, yeah. I agree. And and Nana does a hell of a job, like, just sort of face acting, like standing there mm-hmm. and doing a good job. Like, she doesn't look creepy or gross or funny. Or yeah, actually, she... It looks like joy morphing into kind of ecstasy without looking yeah. creepy or like, whatever you know oh this is weird oh this is nice oh this is really nice hmm. oh. <laughs> and actually no, there's apparently... a there's a go ahead there's a danger of that turning looking stupid and oh yeah yeah off. no because the, 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 most of that is the effect and if the effect is bad then it's bad but the yeah. rest of it is her yeah mm-hmm. she's got to sell it and she totally does and there's a quote from renee who after they shot it said thanks you made me look like a really good lover <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, it's really sweet. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I like that. I like, like, he's, we've talked about this before, and it's definitely present in this episode. He's a bit of a creep in their relationship. He's a bit, he comes on a bit strong. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there is some sweetness there, too, I yeah. think. Yeah. I was just watching fact, you sleep. Yeah. yeah. The, the vampire watching you sleep thing. Well, yeah. there's a definite air of vampireness in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, um, with laws turning into a fog and, uh... What else? There was something. Oh, turning into a dick bat. Yeah, right. he turns into a dick bat and fire. Right. Which we assumed, <laughs> fire. Which we assumed he'd confuse for wolf. <laughs> well, you know, to complete the vampire trifecta. Yes. You know yes. how that goes. Bats, th- fog, fire, wolf. Uh-huh. Fire, wolf? Yeah. Wolf or fire, wolf? I always yeah, fire get those wolf. confused. Uh-huh. They're like Dalmatians, <laughs> but they'll also rip your throat out. <laughs> Dalmatians like will Dalmatians. Rip, your th- rip your throat out. I mean, some of them, yes. I I suppose, yes, but not those adorable little puppies. No. (laughs) Of course not. They'll make a good coat. (laughs) I guess. Why don't you just get one big Dalmatian instead of a hundred little ones? Why don't you just get synthetic fur? How about that? (laughs) Well, okay, yes, but, you know. I'm talking practicality. It's probably cheaper. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. It's definitely cheaper than kidnapping a hundred and one dogs. Yeah, and plus... You're gonna you're gonna have to scrub red paint out of that constantly. Otherwise, yep. do you know how much shit those burglars she hired were probably picking up in that old house? I, uh, Listen, guys, I've can we seriously get down and talk about the logistics of 101 Dalmatians? I'm gonna have to watch it if that's the case. Also, our friend Brian has already done that. That's true. So no. This episode, though, uh, the the big thing about this was that uh, J.G. Hertzler, who plays Martok, played laws oh man and he's great yeah apparently behind the scenes they 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 auditioned a ton of people and they're like we need someone who can hold their own with renee and most of the like everyone we've seen cannot okay so (laughs) our regulars are great well jeffrey coombs is already like 10 guys yeah (laughs) um 
uh, Garrick is just going to look like Garrick no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't really, like, Andrew Robinson's a hell of a character, but you can't really cover up that No, that not voice. not just the eyes, but also the voice. Yeah. The him. Like, the him-ness. He's so great at being him, but I don't know that he could completely convincingly play someone else. <laughs> but But then... Like, so they're like, who else do we have? Ooh, this guy. And he actually did a really good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Martok's amazing. We haven't given him anything to do. Yeah. Except Martok. Played, no, he played a human version of himself in that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was great <laughs> there, too. Far beyond the stars. Yeah, that's... that's well, right. I'm, what? I had too much sauerkraut last yeah, night. Sauerkraut. <laughs> you know, I thought um, that it seemed like Laws was a very large actor. To be mm. playing a character that didn't necessarily need the gravitas. Like, he's really tall and broad-shouldered. So, the fact that he just they got him specifically just because he can act mm-hmm. is, is, makes a lot of sense. Well, you, I mean, really, like, Rene has, a, has an incredible presence. Like, yeah. he needs someone who's his equal. And you might not get that with people who are doing guest work on, on TV shows. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, one-shot TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I could totally see that. But yeah, this guy, this guy's totally great yeah. at it. And um, I, I, with, if if not for the voice, I wouldn't have recognized. Like he's got a bit of sort of a nasal, nasally quality to his voice that I picked up. Yeah, I didn't recognize a, him at all. No, I I didn't the first time through either. I didn't realize uh, he did anything other than uh, Martok until this this time through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, in fact, he he was another different character on this show too. Really? In the pilot, I I read that in Memory Alpha. I didn't recognize him <laughs> in the pilot. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I, maybe a human? I'm not sure, but he played a captain of a starship. Oh, cool. So I think a human, but I'm not I'm sure. I'm sure we discussed that when we did Emissary, but... Uh... Quite possibly. In any case, he's he's quite good at this, and he's quite good at... Like, every changeling we've seen, Dominion or not, has been a total jerk, and he continues that tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unintentional jerkism. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, from his... Like, I could see everything from his perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like, it made a lot of sense that he was a jerk, but he was still a huge jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these guys are like the the Frankenstein's monsters of of the galaxy. Like they're always everywhere they go, they're chased away with with torches and yep. pitchforks. Because like, there's never anybody like them. They just are like a goo pile that is sentient. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell are you doing? You're a creepy, weird thing. There's probably not that many who actually managed to survive long enough to escape their place where they landed. Yeah. yeah how many of these hundred do you think are still around? Mm-hmm. I, I was know, wondering how many what? like Odo should go out there and collect them. <laughs> well that was wasn't that your uh was that your good thing yes uh, it is yeah i lost my feed sorry ah. <laughs> well your good thing is that so i will stall and talk about that your good thing is that while you manage to find where your text is <laughs> so while i say this you can scroll around and look for it and but then... logically odo should totally piece out of there and pokemon collect the other hundred ears to make a new link they could call it the lesser great link but he doesn't because <laughs> Kira is a cool character. And the thing is, we, hmm, how to say this without spoiling. Mm. Oh. Some of the choices that are made in this episode mm. do not necessarily reflect their final decision. Let's we'll maybe put a pin in this. We can do, uh, yeah. get into the, talk about it in the spoiler section. Well, there's not much, like, the, I real, I don't have anything to say beyond that, really. <laughs> like, I, okay, actually, yeah, no, I'm going to say this because it doesn't really spoil anything specific. I'm not going to say where he goes or what he does. Odo decides to stay here. Later on, he changes his mind and goes somewhere else. But you know what? That could have happened anyway. I guess that's true. But it's still, it just feels a little cheap, like that we're we're summing up where this character is at this point. Yeah. 
I think and really then, what this does is just like cements their their relationship as being super powerful. Like they they can they can defeat odds and whatnot together, and mm. that might make the other stuff that happens more powerful. Fair enough. I don't know. Like I and I do like that. There's still that rebellious streak in Kira. Like she lets this dude go and lies right to Cisco's face about it. Oh, that murderer! She lets that murderer go. Yeah. Yeah. The cold-blooded murderer kills I, without a second thought. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Just stab some guy in the chest. Yeah, for stab no a reason. Klingon guy. Just who's some guy. Klingons who communicate through stabbing. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. If mm. he'd stabbed anyone else, I'd be on your side on this. But Klingons are like, that's how they communicate. We love stabbing. Yep. <laughs> here is a knife and some fire and a fire knife. Yeah, but knife okay, fire. okay, okay. Here's here's the thing. If you're stabbing a fog, there's no honor in being killed by the fog. Like it's the fog you can't kill. Oh, you're dying there's in battle. There's no way that you can kill that. So you're having it just freaking stab you like a skewer and put on a barbecue. Yeah. There's no honor in that. Okay. I don't know. I just I feel like Klingons have done stupid shit like that all the time. Sorry, but I thought the ancient was... Klingon proverb: "There's no honor in stabbing fog." <laughs> well, okay. But the other ancient Klingon proverb: "You can you can slit a hundred fogs at night if you're running." <laughs> the other ancient proverb is: "If you get stabbed by a fog, make sure you go through to legal recourse." Yes. Listen, listen. That's only a Klingon. Only a fool fights in a foggy house. <laughs> yes, but a fog divided cannot stand. Oh, <laughs> we could do this all day. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> and then we can find that killer. <laughs> hey, you liked this episode. I did. I did. It like this. You didn't though. Like you thought it was. Uh... No, I liked it. It was. It good. was fine. It was a bit okay. slow. Fair enough. I I will agree with that. Mm -hmm. Matt, you. I I thought you'd like this one. That was fine. Kinda... Okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't, you know, I That's wouldn't fine. put it in my top ten. I think it could have used a B plot. Yeah. 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 I think there was not forty-seven or whatever minutes of of story here. I think there was about thirty-five. Of the Adventures of Odo and Laws. Yeah. They should have put something like another light story in, like go see what Jake's up to. Go see what Cisco's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, something. Yeah, that would have been cool. But Sarah Clofton did not appear in this episode. <laughs> no. Well, or why, the previous one. Why start now? <laughs> I just I feel like we haven't pointed that out for a while. Memory Alpha's still doing it. Though, yep. So. Really? Yep. <laughs> Every uh, episode, Sarah Lofton, is... Jake Sisko does not appear in this episode. Yep. Says so some fan going through one by one. Well, the thing just is, he appears in the like, he appears in the opening credits. Yeah. So they should point out when the main characters aren't in it. It's just he's not in about half of them. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly feel like he's a guy like Nog or like yeah. Rom or you know like one of the lesser like second tier guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be in the credits, is all I'm saying. True. But anyway. I agree. <laughs> I um, also agree. So, Matt, what was your... Oh, I guess you are, we already kind of covered your... I hit both thing. of my, my good thing and my bad thing. Ah, just that <laughs> Martok is a good... Yeah. Well, he does great acting in this, you know? Like, he does. He does great acting. Yep. Uh, tip of the hat to you. Yes. <laughs> Send him um, a postcard. Oh, I will. A postcard? Yeah. Yeah, you know, in a the postcard. Post. Yeah, if you were here. Yeah, yeah, with a picture of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> All right, my good thing. So linking has been presented as such an intimate thing, mm -hmm. like particularly between Odo and female changeling, that I was <laughs> genuinely surprised that he and Laws just 
linked. Yep. Like Odo's a bit thrown off at first. You want to? Uh, okay. Well, no, he's and, a bit thrown off that they want to link in the middle of the uh, the station. Well, that's yeah, no, no, but the, the first, first time. time oh, when he's all like, "Show me." He's like, "You want to? You want to link?" Uh, okay. Like you can see on his face, he's kind of going through the. Are you? Well, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> well, like he's just thinking. Know what it is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just thinking. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to end up spending a week in my quarters again. Yeah. <laughs> I love that too. I love that aspect of linking. That it's so like. Like I feel like they have this biological drive to do that. Yeah. Above all else, and we've talked about that. Like the whole changeling society and the whole war and everything is just based around the fact that they just want to be in their big liquid orgy all yep. the time. Yep. Always. Everything they have done just like is is to make sure they can keep doing that and not be bothered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. But no, I just I was impressed. Like it's not a full on like they're not a couple. But it's it's something. At least they didn't shy away from it. No, At least and just like here he is doing egg, this with a dude, like casual, casual linking. Yeah, yeah. The um <laughs> the animation too is very like embracey. Yeah, like, like it, it's always been, and I'm glad they didn't yeah. change it because it's a dude this time. He's like, yeah, no, we're just puddles on the floor this time. Yeah, you can yeah. sort of you can you can sort yeah, of they see gave these... it the same they gave it the same component yeah. they did with female changeling. Mm-hmm. You can sort of see like these two like human looking forms kind of wrap around each other, like yeah. It is incredibly intimate. Mm-hmm. Like you're literally combining your body with someone else's to form one thing. Like that's yep. way more than human sex. It's like drift compatibility. No, no, it's not. Yeah, this is just no because every like, changeling can do it with every other changeling. It's, it's not like, like that. Pacific Rim. It's not. It's just like it. Only if certain changelings could do it with other changes. There's no compatibility. Everyone can do it with each other. I just like Pacific Rim. I know you do, and I'm fine <laughs> with that. But it doesn't really work here. Okay, I guess you're right. But I like that no... Kira is kind of like, you, you did what? Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. She's she, pretty accepting of it. She's accepting of it, but there's also that part, like, you can see this, like, look in her eyes where she's very, like, you did? Well, she's jealous, but she's not jealous because someone got Odo's attention. She's jealous because she can't yeah. provide that for well, him. Well, it feels, to me, it feels like it's very, like, her going, you had sex with someone else, and then going, oh no, I guess it doesn't really count as that. Plus, I could never like, yeah. I can't, I can't give you that. Only someone else. There's like, like you the, it's like that, that feeling of, did you just admit to cheating on me? And then going, oh, I guess that really, it's sort of different. Yeah, totally different. I just, I, I think, uh, like Nana, Nana, mm-hmm. really Nana, sort of nails that. She, I mean, you know, we've it's, said this a million times, but she's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they give her a lot of really sort of strange, complex emotions in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's not straight up, this is my boyfriend and I'm going to do what's right for him. There's some weird alien shit she's got to react to and she yeah. does it really well. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, And also uh, Renee, still, you know, still great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just uh, good acting all around. Kudos all around. My name was Renee. Kudos to Odo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kudos to Odo. <laughs> So my bad thing. Yes. Well, I hate to go back to the Norvo well. <laughs> oh, I think I, I, I think we all love going back to the Norvo well. <laughs> really, Laz not a great name. Laz. They just kept saying Laz. Like, hey, it's uh, my buddy Laz. Laz. Hey, Laz. How's it going? It sounds like Laz. a Teletubby. Yep. It just sounds. Yeah. Okay. But they're stupid sounds. Mm-hmm. Correct, but they address that it is a stupid name. Well, fair enough. He's like, uh, yeah, laws. It means, um, changeling. 
So yeah, hi, I'm Changeling, the Changeling. We get the... And the Ogo <laughs> get... was like, hello, I'm Petri Dish, full of something. That's what they named me. I'm Unknown Specimen, the yep. Changeling. Yes. Let's keep those laws. names, they're great. Yep. No, Laws sounds like something that uh, Esri would have said in Trill in the previous episode. <laughs> uh, the Laws, Esri. Knickknack, yeah. Paddywhack. <laughs> Um, well, Nate's thing depends on Matt's quote. So, Matt, let's hear your quote. All right. <laughs> quote. Your hands are stained with the blood of Klingon warriors. But then the stench would still be on them. Hey, talk. Mine's bigger. That's a good quote. No, Nate it's apparently not. disagrees with that. <laughs> the best, the best lines in this episode mm -hmm. were when Laz's fog... <laughs> There's people standing around. In the like, laws What's going fog. on? They're yep. just standing in him. <laughs> and yep. O'Brien and Bashir, I think. Right? I think. Yeah. Yeah, they come up and they're like. It's O'Brien and somebody. What are they do? What's, what's going on? It's uh, the environmental controls. And Otis is like, no, it's not. It's laws. What's he <clears> doing? <throat> Being fog. What's it look like? Can't he be fog somewhere else or at night when no one's around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cute exchange. I just like can't everyone he refuses fog somewhere else. Everyone seems to refuse to acknowledge Laz's right to be fog. <laughs> is that a right that's really guaranteed by anything, though? It's in the Starfleet Charter. It's okay. <laughs> not being fog like, in and around other people is kind of part of the social contract, which he just does not accept. Because he doesn't Laws has it. no interest in your contract. It's true. In your he lives outside yeah. of it because he he's a space squid. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but he literally gonna... lives outside. Yeah, but he's got like a, an innate sense of justice, and so justice means like upholding the law, and the law is the social contract. No, 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 so... no, 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 no. I don't think he has a sense of justice. I think he has a they sense of of I'm gonna do whatever I want. Oh well, okay, that's justice, right? No, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No. No, Odo, Odo's always had that sense of, like, um, superiority, which sort of, for him, translated into justice. For Laz, it just <laughs> translates into not liking salads. I mean, solids. <laughs> you don't win friends with salads, Odo. Odo. Monoform. Yeah, they did They did throw that one around a lot, which I like. Odo form. <laughs> I'm going to start calling people monoforms. Yeah. Well, you can only do that if you're if you are not one of those. Why? Things. I don't know, because it's not really insulting if you're also one. Does it need to be an insult? No, it can just be like, what's up, monoforms? Yeah, what's up, my monoform? Yeah. Guess, okay. <laughs> fellow monoform. Hmm. Hello, fellow monoform. Good day to you. <laughs> Isn't it great being in one form? I think so. <laughs> that will certainly not lead anyone to believe you might be a changeling. <laughs> Another benefit. Show of yep. hands, who hasn't been a mouse or a cup today? Me neither. <laughs> oh. Who's got three thumbs and isn't a mouse? Oh, wait, two. Two thumbs. You two have thumbs. two thumbs. And isn't a mouse or a cup. <laughs> this guy. Um, the, I, I, there was a really great scene between Odo and Quark. Yes. We've gotten to the point yes. in our relationship where Quark, where Odo's not like, I don't want to hear your advice. Go away. He's like, let me hear what you have to say, best friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, and, and, I'm talking and I'm not interrupting you and sending you away. Yeah, that's, that's practically Odo embracing mm -hmm. him and saying, please, tell me more. Yes. Hey, buddy, what's up? Yeah, something on your but mind. Quark's got a great speech, and it's actually one of uh, Armin Shimmerman's, I think, top three speeches that Quark's given. Mm. 
just about like what uh, specifically what humanoids are like, like about evolution and genetics and the fact that we've always feared things that could attack us. And so we're scared of them. And like, while we've evolved societally, we still have that yep. genetic need to like, that could be a coiled snake that could strike at us. Yep. So we're scared of it. Like it's, it's getting back to his whole humans are great until you take away their food. and I, Yeah. Showers. But he's talking about humanoids yeah. as a whole, like as all of us. We fear change. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> I don't think that's what he's saying. <laughs> we fear changelings is what that's he's saying. It, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. But no, just the comparing like predators that can disguise themselves in the wilderness from when we were savages to changelings who can hide and jump out at you now. Like it's, it was kind of a cool, like, yeah, yeah, that is why we're scared of them. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I rare, I rarely jump out at anyone. Unless you it's a criminal and I'm apprehended. You could be anything. <laughs> a mouse or a cop. <laughs> With no face. Yeah. No, I just, I, I really liked that. Um, I really liked that scene. Mm -hmm. It was a good bit. It's a good moment. I like Quark. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's pretty great. I, I like Quark when he's interacting with other characters who are regulars on the show. Not mm -hmm. when Quark goes off on solo adventures and puts on a dress. That's true. Nate, Nate you like when Quark has pants on. <laughs> yeah. I just think his tummy is really cute. It's just, Not his it's bear just really tummy, cute. Though. No. I don't know, I haven't seen it. I bet it's I cute. Think... Okay. No, whenever we see him out of uh, his suit, he's wearing jammies. True. Yeah, and true. he has a quite a, an elaborate set of jammies. Yep. <laughs> Much like his regular day outfits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this like, is a dude I who likes to eight buy... eight vests, a cummerbund, yep. leggings. And another vest. Jorts. <laughs> to, to vest it in with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, a I'd jacket. Like to, I need to get a vest for my vest, please. Yep. <laughs> It's strange that he doesn't have that little head curtain, because that would be yeah, another piece of fabric. Yeah, we talked about that. We're not really sure what that in, like means or why he doesn't have one and everyone else does. Oh, well, that would be ostentatious. Come on. <laughs> he took that fabric to make a vest. Yes. <laughs> it's true. A little too far. Come on. No, I don't. At first, I thought, because the first time I noticed it was when he was sort of disbarred for a while, and I thought mm. it was that. But no, he's never had one. No. But Ram and Nog do. Yeah, do they all so the it's time? not even a family thing. No. In fact, Nog has a Starfleet-issued one. Yes, that's Yeah, he adorable. has one that matches his uniform. Yeah. I love that. That's so cute. Yeah. Nice. Uh, anything else? Head curtain. Um, no? I don't think so. This no. was a much more compelling episode than the last one, but... Yes, but it, it was, was still probably... a bit slow and could have benefited from something. Yeah, I think there's like a, really. a lot of commentary on the sensitive subject of race. Hmm. Which makes they it did, pretty slow. They did they did a good job of that, I would say. Yeah, not like sometimes Star Trek gets a little heavy handed with that stuff, but here I think they did yeah. a good job. Or it's like, mm, racism. Here's the commentary. We're gonna yeah. tell you the moral. No, instead of saying the sentence, we hate you because you're different, they show someone being different and then show them being hated. Oh yes. weird. It's almost like storytelling. Yeah, show yeah. don't tell. Huh. Huh. Odd that. Wow. Yeah. On TV? No. What? Are we all just going to sit here and go, ah? ah. Well, I th yeah. okay. <laughs> I thought um, one, one thing that I noticed was that the, they're sneaking around behind the backs of the law. Odo usually would have been super into, like, foiling that and justice mm -hmm. and whatnot. But instead, he was just like, ha, ha, ha. Yes, we sure did that. We broke that law. That murderer sure got out. Ho, ho, ho. Good luck well, whenever, finding him. 
whenever there's another changeling involved, he usually kind of loses his moral yeah. compass. Mm-hmm. That's that's been it's an ongoing consistent. thing yeah. with him. <laughs> It's yeah. true, but it's so cool like that that's like a thing and it's consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that last time this happened, Kira got really mad. This time she kind of understands. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's because she's a cool character who's well-written and full of depth. Who, who mm-hmm. learns things. Yep. What? Then reacts differently next time because she learned a thing. Because of no. what she learned. Yes. Well, there's only a few characters who do that. That's, that's true. true. She's one of them. All right, so that's all for this time. Next time, I believe our friend Brian will be joining us, and then after that is the big roll into the finale. Yep, the 10-hour-long finale. Yep, so look forward to that. And not much longer after that, on August 22nd, we will be doing our big live uh, first episode of Voyager here in uh, Seattle. Yep. Woo! Look forward to that. What's the date on that, Al? August 22nd. August 22nd, all right. Guess who's going to be there? It's me. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. That's awesome. It's a party. if you get, it is a party because it's also our fifth anniversary for this show. Whoa! Mm-hmm. So that's that's another reason to come and celebrate. That's awesome. Yeah. So starting at three, if you want to show up at three at the Pocket Theater in Seattle, uh, you can screen the episodes with us. Uh, or if you can only make it for the actual recording, show up around five and and be there for that. I will yeah. high five so. the crap out of you. All right, <laughs> five because five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Nate, you got anything you want to? promote or plug or tell plug. people um no <laughs> all right i could swear i saw you say some kind of website recently but... <laughs> i have a show but it's about art stuff and it's not has anything to do with star trek no so, plug it anyway man yeah bob promotes his movie effects thing amanda promotes her photography like promote what you do okay but i forget what the date is uh, <laughs> you're the worst i'm unprepared Okay, it's August 13th at 8 o'clock at 5.60 in Vancouver, B.C. It is called the Raw Art Show, and I'm one of the featured presenters there. Ah, well, there you go. You should if you come want to see by. Nate present, mm-hmm. then you should go there. All right. Uh, that is all for this time. We will be back again next week. Uh, yeah, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2015. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.